it's the next level. And now for the show that's truly too hot to handle. It's the melting pack, and it starts right now. Well, I thank you, Jerome. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the show, The Melting Pat. Whoa, we knocked the thing, the Next Level Network. How's it going? We good? Oh, boy. I feel It's weird. I feel better, but I'm still coughing a whole lot. So the show might sound a little weird. I got hair in my mouth, I think. I don't know. Maybe from Buster. Um, from Beyond the Grave, he's throwing hair at me to get it caught up in my mouth. Thanks, buddy. Love you. Uh, <laughs> so today, uh, I was going to not try to read out loud a lot, but then I saw this thing online about a guy who was mad that his wife wrote a book. And yeah, that's kind of where I'll leave that for a moment. And I I put it up on Facebook like, hey, maybe like an unofficial question. How do you feel about this? And a lot of people weighed in. So we will talk about that. And we have a song, a new song from our friends, Familiar Things. So we will get that for you. We have NFL Week 13, a change of plans with the segment that we were going to do. I will talk about that. The Major League Baseball Hall of Fame ballot has been released. We will get into that as best we can. And what else are we doing? Oh, yeah. A a new, it's not new, new to me, I guess. Social media platform that is, uh, it's like the ones of old. How about that? Is that a good enough tease for you? I hope so. In any case, that's it. That's the the lineup. That's the menu for today. Um, Again, hope you're doing well. Kiddos first Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was a bust. He brought home a cold from his last days in daycare, and that's why I am uh, under the weather. We're all kind of still feeling it, so that sucked. We're really disappointed about that, that he did not get to enjoy Thanksgiving proper. So it's a real bummer, but we're all on the mend. We're trying. I need something better for this cough, if you know anything. I'm actually going to call my doctor as soon as I'm done, just to see what I can do. Maybe I can do a telehealth thing, and they could say, sure, try this, and maybe we'll go from there. But... um yeah, it sucks. Ah, no good. Anyway, um, we're well otherwise. Thank you for asking. And yeah, we're working on, uh, you know, getting ready for Christmas and trying to figure out uh, what the plan is there, who we're going to see, what we're going to do, where we're going to go. Um, we shall see. We missed out on Thanksgiving. We don't want to miss out on Christmas too. So we're hoping everybody feels better by then. We're hoping that things go okay. So there you go. Uh, I mentioned, or no, I came across this the other day, and then I learned that it's been around for a year, and why did none of you tell me about Space Hay, the social media site that is basically somebody took the old code from MySpace and used it to recreate what the original site was. You know, bulletins and um, the blog feature is there and very prominent. Uh, Like I said, the bulletins, they're the best. And yeah, I'm enjoying it. You know, it's what I want in social media. Like, I don't need a timeline or a news feed or anything of that nature. I just sometimes I want to be able to share a thought and only um, only have a response come directly to me. Like, I don't need a public discussion about anything or everything. And I think I'm going to make that part of a larger, either I'm going to write about it or I'll do an episode about it, maybe both, about how the Facebook timeline feature ruined the site for me and ruined, uh, maybe not ruined social media, but definitely took it down a road that it didn't need to go. 
Because once Facebook introduced the timeline feature, it kind of, everything went off the rails, just the way that things were spread and all that. And I just preferred the older method of, you know, yes, you had your public comment wall, but if you wanted to really share something, it was either in your like about me little box or uh, <laughs> or via bulletin. And I'm just more a fan of that. So yeah, everybody join Space Hay. Let's have fun over there, huh? No? Maybe? I don't know. Do whatever you want. Um, but yeah, I recently discovered it and uh, I'm enjoying my time there so far because it's just, that's what I want in social media. Like I don't need a, a whole public display or anything like that. I don't need like a news feed. I don't need everybody commenting on every little thing. Space Hay is, is what exactly what I want. So there you go. All right. So I mentioned, I know not really a good transition out of that or into anything, but I mentioned that we had, I saw this on Twitter and I don't know where it came from. I don't know if it's even real. Maybe it's made up. I'm not sure, but I thought it could make a good discussion. And it turns out I was right because it really did. A lot of people have thoughts on this. So this this guy asked a question about his wife. You know, I'll read the whole thing and then we'll get to people's responses. Question, my wife wrote a secret book. Not really a question, but that's how this starts. My wife is an accomplished author who also holds down a full-time job in an unrelated field, mostly for the benefits. When we had our first child last year, we agreed that she would pause her writing career. Something had to go with a new baby at home. Except, it turns out she didn't pause it. She got a great idea for a new novel, wrote it secretly during her lunch break at work, and sold it for $100,000. I feel so many things right now. It's hard to be mad at someone when they casually tell you your son's college education is now paid for, and her lunch hour is technically hers to do as she wishes. But she went against her deal. She could have been home an hour earlier every night this year if she hadn't done this project. And when I think back on all the time she's been tired or grumpy the past year, I now blame the book, even though it could have just been caring for a newborn. How do I trust her to keep her word? How should I feel right now? There are a couple of things that bothered me about this. Number one, I want to know what the deal was. Because he said we agreed she would pause her writing career. And then he said later she went against our deal. And for me, a deal implies that she said, okay, I'll stop writing. And he said, okay, I'll do this then. Like I'll get up in the middle of the night or I'll do whatever. I'll, we'll do something, right? So it makes me think there was some kind of exchange that we don't know about. Unless this guy just said, hey, we're having a baby. Stop writing. And like, that's, I'm putting my foot down, right? If that's the case. And that kind of, I kind of get that vibe from this, that he made the decision, or maybe it's a she, maybe it's a, it's a woman. I don't know. Um, so maybe he made the decision like, Hey, you're going to stop writing. And there was no like deal in place. Like maybe the deal was we have a baby. You're going to stop writing. And if that's the case, right? No, that's not, don't do that. All right. So maybe that's it. And the other thing, she could have been home an hour earlier every night if she hadn't done this project. Now he says she did it on her lunch break. And I mean, I'm sure they exist, but I don't know of any place that lets you, if you work through lunch, leave early, right? If you, like you're still entitled to your break and I don't know of any place that will let you forego that in, uh, in exchange for leaving early. I've never heard of that. I don't doubt it exists. I'm sure it exists. I'm sure it's there, but I don't know. That part, not really, not probable for me. I don't know. And then 
he said, let's see, where was it? Her lunch hour is technically hers to do as she wishes. That's a red flag. Like there are a couple in here, but that one I think where he's like, oh, well, yes, technically she could do what she wants, but why did she have to do it to do this thing that I forbade her from doing? Like, I feel like that's the kind of, that's what I get out of this. And maybe I'm wrong. We're only hearing, you know, his side of the story here. We're not hearing what the entire conversation was about this, you know, whether she's going to write or not. And, you know, now I think back when she's been tired or grumpy the past year, I blame the book, even though it could have just been caring for a newborn. And as someone who's caring for a newborn, it's exhausting. Okay. And that's, you know, I was, uh, I've been doing the show. I've been writing things on my own. I've been doing all kinds of stuff while, you know, doing dad things too. And all of it's exhausting. So I don't know. I don't buy that where he's blaming the book. Um, maybe because you have somebody complaining in your ear all the time, you're exhausted from that. Maybe that's a thing. No? All right. So, <laughs> so I threw this up on Facebook and I said, hey, you know, I got my thoughts. I just think this husband is, uh, he sounds a bit controlling and he's mad that, you know, she made all this money and I had nothing to do with it. And, you know, she went back on a deal that she made and all this stuff. So like the guy who shared the story, if it's a guy, you know, you generally want to paint yourself in a better light and this doesn't paint him well at all for me. So that's my take on it. And I shared, I said, Hey, what do you guys think about it? Uh, Tom McNamara says, without hearing his side, I think hubby's being selfish. His wife found a way to do both be a mom and be a successful writer. What deal home an hour earlier, sit the down. Thank you, Tom. Yeah. I want to know what the deal is. I want to know how he knows she would be able to be home an hour earlier. I've never heard of that. Um, yeah. Also, yeah. Take a seat, buddy. Let's see. Says, if I were the husband, I would definitely be upset because a marriage is a partnership and we need to not hide things from each other, but not mad that she wrote the book and was successful. Also, side note, why did she have to be secretive? What's in the book or what's the book about that she is hiding? And I thought about that too. Like, yes, obviously the fact that she felt she had to be secretive with this you know, lends itself to a couple of problems where, you know, he was going to be mad at her. Maybe he would have taken it to another level with, you know, whatever. I'm not going to, I don't want to go down that road, but, you know, maybe he would have been upset about, you know, her writing at all. I don't know that the content of the book would have been a tipping point. I think it's just that the book exists at all, or like just that she was working on the book when they had a deal, apparently. So, I don't know. I don't think what's in the book is the problem. I think that it's just that the book exists and that she did the book and she went against our deal. I don't know. Um, Izzy says, why did she have to pause her writing career? Clearly, she found a way to do both. He just sounds selfish. Should she have kept it secret? Probably not. But she may have been afraid to tell him because of how he would react. Why should she also be expected to give up her lunch break so she could be home an hour earlier? It's amazingly restorative as a parent to have an hour to yourself with no expectations, and she used that time for something that still benefited her family instead of just scrolling her phone. Yeah, that's the thing too, is that he says, oh, she could have been home an hour earlier. So you want her to give up her lunch break? I mean, you, he went on to say later, like, oh, she can do what she wants. So yeah, she can either sit and do nothing and not have $100,000, or she could write this 100K idea and pay for the kid's college or pay for whatever. Uh, I don't know, but... uh 
yeah, you know, she used the, her time, that is her time to use, and turned it into something that made money for the household. And he's mad about that because reasons? I don't know. Uh, Amy says this dude is waving his own red flags. She probably kept it a secret because he knew he'd react. She knew he'd react exactly this way. And was it really a secret, or is he just trying to put a bad spin on her maximizing the free time she's granted? Run, sis. Yeah, you know, I um, I wonder that too. Like, I, I and a lot of the Twitter responses were, "Hey, take the kid, get out of there." And my initial reaction was that. And then I was like, "Well, you know, raising a kid with two people." is really hard and exhausting. I can't imagine what it would be like doing it on your own. But yeah, this guy, I I don't like this. Like he doesn't sound like he's a rational person. He sounds like he's just he was going to be mad either way. And yeah, again, I I don't think the content of the book like uh, said was a problem. I think that she knew he'd react if she said, "Hey, I'm working on a novel. I I feel really good about it." He would have shut it down and then you know, we may have a different story. But, you know, also the fact that she felt that she had to wait until she sold the book to tell him that she did it. That is a problem for me that lends itself to maybe there are more problems in this marriage than we know, right? And I think that's something that you can't really ignore here. And I don't know, I just feel like this guy who's telling a story is trying to paint it as, oh, she went against our deal. Like, I'm so mad about this. But Maybe there's a reason that she had to do this in secret, right? I don't know. Like I said, we only have that part of the story. So Colleen says, I think, so I think he's being unnecessarily upset for a bunch of reasons. First, keeping it a secret may have been what pushed her through to actually complete it. Sometimes stuff like that is very motivating. Second, maybe when she agreed to pause her writing, she meant after work at home when it should be family time. I like that. That's good. He's also assuming so much, like the fact that she could have been home earlier each day. What place lets you leave early for skipping lunch? That's what I want to know. And assuming the book was making her grumpy, what if it was the one thing she felt was hers, her self-care hour every day, her hour alone without the baby and husband and work? Yeah, I I mean, it's so, like Izzy said, it's incredible to be able to have time to yourself where you don't have to worry about things. Like if you say, hey, I need to go take a nap or I need to go take a walk or I'm going to have lunch and I need to go you know, run to the store or whatever, to just be away from the hectic thing that is being a parent, especially a new parent, it's a lot. And so being able to have time to yourself is one, very rare, and two, necessary, right? So I like the thought that the deal was she would stop writing at home and she would be doing family stuff, right? That's why I do the show on my breaks at work and do other stuff like on breaks during the day, because as soon as I get off the clock, I get to go upstairs and do dad stuff. So like everything after work is family time for me. And maybe she felt the same way. And yeah, I don't know what place lets you leave early when you skip lunch. And maybe, you know, she needed to have a thing that was hers. Like, hey, I do all this stuff for my husband, for my son, for whatever. I just need an hour, a couple hours a week to kind of unload my brain and kind of not worry about things, get work off the mind, get family home time off the mind, whether it's really bad at home or not, just let me get everything, clear everything out and do something for me. And it's very healthy. It's very important to do that. And in my opinion, very healthy to continue, if you have something like that, to find a way to keep it going. 
without it interfering with other things you have to do. Uh, let's see. Max says, sounds like they have some things to talk through, like why she felt the need to be secret. Sounds like they both have trust issues they need to work out. Maybe some jealousy and feelings of inadequacy on the husband's part. Both probably have some apologies to make for secrecy and for making one feel like they needed to be secretive. But like, if he loves her and this is what she loves, ultimately, ultimately he should be happy that she got to do it. Yeah. The way it's presented paints this husband as very controlling and maybe not a joy to be around. And so for this woman, especially having that hour to herself to be creative and, you know, take care of an idea that she had. Because when you're creative, you can't just turn it off and on. Like when the idea comes, you got to get it out or it's gone forever. I say that as a guy who's missed out on many songs that started and then I, you know, put them down for a day and then they're just gone forever. So yeah, I'm there. And also she made $100,000. Like this isn't, it's not like what I do. Like if I was doing something like this and I was, you know, tired from it or whatever, that'd be a problem in my household, right? Because I don't make any money doing this. She took her idea and made a, you know, made $100,000. So how mad can you really be? Like I get it. Oh, she went against our deal, whatever the deal was. I kind of want to know the parameters there, but she made $100,000, man. Relax. Uh, Omar says, I don't think she should have been limited at all in the first place. Where does it say someone is unable to raise children while working and writing? She was accomplished before the baby and worked for benefits. Writing is the passion. Why should, would that go, why should slash would that go away? Who's to say she wasn't going to take an hour lunch anyway, writing or not. Most jobs make you take your lunch. I'll hear the other side, but I don't think it would help from this view. Also, she works for the benefits. What does he do? Like, what is his job that, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, not everyone can get lucky to have a job with good benefits, right? I'm not saying, I'm not knocking him for that. But the way he presented it is, oh, she works for benefits, meaning if she doesn't work in this unrelated field, then we don't have benefits. Like, that's how it comes off to me. And so I want to know, what does this guy do all day, right? And I, I'm wondering, maybe stay-at-home dad or whatever, but... You know, I, uh, I don't know. A lot, of, a lot of questions need to be answered, I think. But the way that the situation is presented does not make the husband or whoever sound very good. Um, we got a couple more, right? Yeah, we do. We got three more. Prince says, a true writer always writes and the 100K proves she can write. Parenthood is a big responsibility, but it doesn't define all of a person. That is, the responsibility... Shouldn't limit one's potential to grow and succeed in other areas. Denying personal growth can create unhappiness and resentment. Women shouldn't have to put their careers on hold. Thank you, Prince. Yeah, I mean, like I said, when you're creative, you can't just turn it off and on. Like, you have to kind of keep that muscle worked out, I guess. Like, keep it moving. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to do anything with it. And the fact that, again, she made $100,000, that says a lot for me. Let's see. Pat Henry says, why did something have to go? He sounds a bit controlling. It would be nice to have more info, though. Yeah, I want to know the whole story here. I want to know I want to know what the deal was. I want to know maybe her being a writer was distracting from family time, and maybe that's why he was so mad about it. I would like to know more about what's going on. I really would. And, uh, oh, man, Candace weighed in. Candace is Pat's wife, by the way. And she said, and why does the wife have to be the one to give up her passion? For goodness sake, she wrote it during her lunch hour a time where she probably needed a break from the stress and or daily grind from the full-time job. What about the husband? 
Does he take a lunch? Why doesn't he come home an hour early? He's allowed to take a break, but she isn't. She should take the $100,000 and the kid and run from this ungrateful Yes! There we go. Candace gets the fanfare. That was my initial reaction to the whole thing was that, like, who's this guy think he is? And then I thought, well, we don't know the whole story. But like I said, the story that the, the part of the story that we do know does not make this significant other sound good in really any way. So I hate to pass a verdict on this without knowing the entire story, but based on the information that's been presented, I think the spouse is being a jerk. And how mad can you be when your spouse did a thing that made $100,000? Like how, like if Jill was doing something and it made $100,000, I wouldn't exactly be mad about it. Um, I would like that she, I would like her to tell me about it. I'd like her to be like, hey, you know, why don't you let me know what's going on? Maybe can I help? Can I, you know, maybe if I understand where you're coming from, if you're coming home from work every day, beat the <laughs> Maybe let me know what's going on and I can help out. You know, maybe I need to put a little more time with the kiddo or whatever. But, you know, yeah, so I think there, you know, more communication there is necessary. But also, I think there's a reason that this woman thought she had to be secretive with her novel writing and I'm afraid to really know what that is. Again, I'm not going down that rabbit hole because I don't want to go, uh, I, I don't want to stray too far here, but I think there's a lot more here that we don't know, and I think having a little bit more information would really help out. But again, as it's presented, I'm saying this, uh, this spouse is a jerk, and this woman should be able to write and make all the money that she can and, you know, deal with it, I guess. I hate to say that because, again, we don't know the whole story, but... She made $100,000, man. Or whoa, man, come on. She made $100,000. How mad can you really be? So there you go. Uh, I put that up in haste yesterday. Did not expect a lot of people to jump in, but they did. More people did that than answer my regular questions. So maybe I need to scour like Reddit and stuff for like, am I the a-hole posts and go from there. Maybe I will. I don't know. In any case, uh, thank everybody for weighing in. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, let me know. Maybe if we get more from this story, if you hear anything more about this story and we need to revisit, let me know and uh, and we'll try. All right. All right. So we're going to play a song and then we're going to do sports. And then so if you don't like sports, then this is almost your cue to leave. And I thank you for joining me. We're going to do I don't know what next week. I have no idea. But in any case, uh, we have a new song came out maybe a month ago, maybe longer. I am way behind on everything because, uh, you know, being a parent is a lot. Like I said, as soon as I'm off the clock, I go upstairs and do dad stuff. And I really enjoy that part of my day. So, uh, you know, I miss things because, well, I work and then I go get to have fun with my son. So uh, my bad that I'm late on this. However, comma, familiar things. They're local, right? Could they be my neighbors? I wish they were instead. Uh, they released a new song, Jesus. <laughs> Oh, man, you can find them, by the way, familiarthings.bandcamp.com. They are at Familiar Things on Facebook, Familiar underscore Things on Twitter, and Familiar Things Music on Instagram. And again, this is their latest. Tell them I sent you. They'll say, oh, I think we know who that guy is. Uh, tell them I sent you. It's their latest. It's Wish You Well, Familiar Things here inside the Melting Pack on the Next Level Network.
And there you have it, our friends, familiar things with their latest Wish You Well. It's the Melting Pat, the Next Level Network. No? I felt good about that. Familiarthings.bandcamp.com for more from them. Thank you, my friends. Uh, always good to get some local flavors in there. Should I have had them on? I don't have time to talk to people a lot. Oh, man. All right, familiar things. Again, wish you well. Go get it. Go stream it. Go do the things. I don't know. If you tag them on Twitter, tell them you heard it from me. And let me know what they say. Tag me too. All right, there you go. Familiarthings.bandcamp.com. Get more from them. Thank you so much. All righty. So if you are not a fan of the sports ball things, then this is your cue to get on out of here. I thank you for joining me, and I hope to see you next week. And uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about, but if you got a story about uh, you know somebody having a problem with their significant other doing a good thing, let me know. <laughs> I'll make fun of somebody else, too. Um, I don't know what else is coming next week. We'll find out. Hopefully, I'll sound a little bit better. I'm working on it. And like I said, calling the doctor as soon as I'm done. Um, but thank you. Your cue to leave is right now. For the rest of us, we got a game of the week for NFL Week 13. And this is an interesting one because it's the Denver Broncos at the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's weird because the Broncos can be good. They can score. They can hang. They can hang with teams. But they are, as Phil said it, frustratingly inconsistent. But again, like they're good enough to hang in. And the Chiefs, are they back? Like, has Mahomes figured it out? Has the defense kind of started to do enough where they can be in games again? Like, have they figured that part out? I, you know, I don't love their defense. Um, I don't love their run, their pass defense a lot. I also think the Broncos can run really well with their with Melvin Gordon and whatever the other guy's name is. Um, so I like the matchup for the Broncos. But you know, if Mahomes is back then it's going to be a little tough for Denver. But I, I really think this is going to be closer than a normal Chiefs home game would be, right? We've seen it all year where the Chiefs have been kind of up and down and not really running away with a lot of their games. But we've also seen that they can turn it on and put up 40 points whenever they want. So I really think this is one of those games where it depends which version of each team shows up. Like if you get the Broncos that face the Eagles, then it's not going to be good. But if we get the Broncos that just beat the Chargers by two scores, then I think we're going to have a good contest here. If we get the Chiefs that beat up on the Eagles, then we'll be all right with that. But if you get the Chiefs that played um, like the Ravens and who did they, they lost to the Chargers. And so like if we have that, then maybe it gets a little messy and gets a little interesting for Denver. I do think like division games, I, I try to get those in as we get to the end of the year, because at the very least, there's another component there, even if the game looks bad on paper. Um, do we go with the upset? Because I think Denver winning at this point would be an upset, even though these are not the same, like, kick-your-ass Chiefs that we've seen the last couple of years. I don't... Oh, man. You know what? It's either I go with Phil or Tony, and I'm going to flip a coin here, and we're going to go Broncos. Um, yeah, give me Denver winning on the road. I know, I know Kansas City is a tough place to play, but I like what Denver can do, and I think that they can find a way to uh, to slow down the Chiefs just enough to win this game. So give me Denver in a close one, an upset on the road. Um, oh, yeah, by the way, change of plans with our segment. I was going to have Jill do her NFL picks for every week and make it be part of the show, but we did a video on Facebook on Thanksgiving where she did all her picks, 
And that was a lot more fun and a lot less work for me. So that is how we're going to do it going forward. Um, every Thursday night where she's going to do, we're going to do a video on Facebook or wherever, and she's going to make her picks. And I figure that's going to be more fun. And again, less work for me. Last week, she went 11 and four. So she did pretty well. I like it. And so we'll see. The video went up Thursday. So it's already happened by the time you hear this. I don't know. Anybody else want to get in on picking? I don't know what I'm going to give you if you win. But like, I just thought this would be funny because Jill doesn't know anything about football and she's making picks and she did really well last week. So those will go up every Thursday for the rest of the year. And then playoffs, I guess, maybe on Saturdays. I don't know. Fridays. I'm not sure. But anyway, that's why it won't be part of the show because it's more work for me that I don't feel like doing. All right. So there you go. There's your football. Give me Denver with the upset over Kansas City, and uh, and we'll go from there. And finally, this week, the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame ballot has been released. Now, I don't know, because as I see here on Wednesday, I don't know that a new collective bargaining, bargaining agreement ugh, has been reached between the owners and the players, so I don't know if there's a lockout. I don't know if or how a lockout affects the Hall of Fame, because if the players, if the owners lock out the players, it means no deals can get done. Nobody can sign anybody. Nobody can trade anybody or whatever. So we kind of have to wait for that to get resolved. But I don't know if the Hall of Fame voting also pauses. I'm not sure. I think it's already started, so maybe not. But um, I don't know. So there are a lot of good names on here. I do like this list. I do like this ballot. I think there are a lot of names where you can make a case for almost everybody here. Like there are a few interesting first timers on here: Carl Crawford, Prince Fielder, Ryan Howard, David Ortiz, Joe Nathan, Tim Lincecum, Jimmy Rollins, Alex Rodriguez. So like there are guys on here who maybe you don't look at them and say Hall of Famer right away, but then if you look at their numbers and really take a dive into it, you go, you know what? Maybe they are. Like maybe based on who is in and and how we now judge players, or maybe um, I don't know where I was going with that thought, but. You know, maybe we can, <laughs> you can look at it and decide, hey, maybe this person is a Hall of Famer after all. But of course, we have our usual suspects as well. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, they're both in their last year. Kurt Schilling's also in his last year. Um, Sammy Sosa in his last year. I think based on like, if you just wanted to put guys in who are in their last year, I think that's a good four-man ballot right there. Bonds, Clemens, Schilling, Sosa. I think that's good. I like it. I don't love the idea of Sammy Sosa getting in. I don't like Brian and I talked about this over the years when he's been on the show to, to do this. And I don't think either one of us agrees that Sammy Sosa is really a hall of famer, but at the same time, like if he got in, when I really think about it, I'd be like, you know what? Like maybe like I'd be, I can be okay with that. I can be, I think I can be swayed even though he's not my first choice. Like he's not a first choice for me to get in the other three final guys. Absolutely. Give me bonds. Give me Clemens. Give me Schilling. And, you know, personal stuff aside with the shilling doesn't matter to me, at least in the context of whether or not he's in the Hall of Fame. Because, you know, if you start looking at that, you know, if everybody in the Hall of Fame has to be an angel, maybe you got to take some guys out. But I don't know. I also, I was listening to the Baseball Tonight podcast the other day, as I do often, and Buster Olney was saying how the writers use this character clause for the Hall of Fame. And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's great. But you know who wrote the character clause? Kennesaw Mountain Landis. And he's a guy who was commissioner, and he was also recently removed, like his name was removed from the MVP award because he was pro-segregation in baseball, because he was super racist and a So Buster only didn't say all that, but yeah, so maybe we don't have to use that, uh, that same logic from 
Kennesaw Mountain Landis to show whether somebody exhibits good character, because he did not, clearly. So maybe we'll throw that out. And so I think for me, I didn't name all the guys. I put up the ballot on on uh, my social media pages, and I'll put it up on the website in the show notes as well. But I took one look at this. I know I like to usually do 10. I took one look at this ballot and had seven right away. And I'm not saying that I think all these guys should get in right away. I'm saying if I voted, here's who I would put on my ballot. Give me Bonds, give me Clemens, Jeff Kent, David Ortiz, Scott Rowland, Kurt Schilling, Gary Sheffield. Bonds and Clemens for me, the conversation's been had, you know, whether you like them, you hate them, whether you believe that speculation or what. For me, it's about having the best players in the Hall of Fame and let history tell the story. So if you say, oh, well, uh, you know, how did all these guys do this? And then you kind of tell the story from there. But to not have them in makes it seem like you're erasing it when the league as a whole made a lot of money from guys like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and David Ortiz because of how good they were when they played. And so you can't really have one where like, oh, look at all this money we made. We grew the game because of these great players. And then when it comes time to put them in the Hall of Fame and honor their accomplishments that you got paid money for, then, you know, it, it doesn't work for me. And I know I used to be the most anti, you know, Bonds, whatever guy there was, but I kind of softened my stance on that over the years. And I just realized, you know, the baseball writers should not be morality police. Uh, whatever you think of a guy personally or whatever, I don't think it matters that much. What do they do on the field? Do their numbers on the field warrant inclusion in the Hall of Fame? And for the guys I mentioned, I say yes. Uh, can we add three more? Do you think we could get three more guys to vote for on this real quick before we go? Do we just say f- and do Manny and A-Rod and just put them in? You know, I know A-Rod, uh, Alex Rodriguez was his, you know, he's got the, is he the one who had, the, who tried to get evidence destroyed from the, not the Balco scandal, but the, ah, whatever that company was where he had some kind of substance or whatever. And they're like, hey, we have proof that he had a positive test or something. And he had to, he paid to get the evidence destroyed or something like that. Is that him? Am I thinking of somebody else? Is this something that I made up or saw in a movie? Um, anyway, you know what? Screw it. So give me, let's add Manny Ramirez and Alex Rodriguez to the list as well. And uh, number 10, let's see. Man, a lot of good choices here. Uh, Tory Hunter is a solid choice. Um, Billy Wagner's a good choice. Man, do I want to, oh. You know what? Give me Todd Helton. I love Todd Helton. I've talked about it before. I think he is a guy who may take a while, but I think he is going to get in. Big fan. And Larry Walker proved to us that uh, playing half your games in Coors Field shouldn't hurt you. So, yeah, let me add to the list. So let's, I guess my final ballot for this year is Bonds, Clemens, Jeff Kent, David Ortiz, Scott Rowland, Kurt Schilling, Gary Sheffield, Todd Helton, Alex Rodriguez, Manny Ramirez. Screw it. You know, it's, uh, it's more about... And, you know, you could say what you want about Manny and he actually got caught and Alex Rodriguez, whatever. I think you put in the best players and then let history tell the story, right? And you can disagree. That's fine. Let me know. But I really think that the Baseball Hall of Fame shouldn't be this church of people who didn't do anything wrong. Because if you start doing that, then you have to look at everybody else who's already in and say, oh, well, did this guy use it? That guy use it? This guy do this? Did this guy do that? So then you got to start going after everybody instead of punishing people based on new standards, right? That doesn't seem to make sense to me. Maybe it does to you, and that's okay. That's that's not a problem. But for me, I think if they have the numbers to get in, put them in. Maybe you want to put them in a separate wing, put a little asterisk on the plaque or whatever, 
and let history tell the story of like, hey, how did that guy do so well? Hey, what happened here? Why is this guy, you know, in a different spot from everybody else? Well, because this happened. I think if they earned it with their numbers on the field, they should be in and stop all the nonsense. All right. So there you go. So there you go. That is your Baseball Hall of Fame. This part's going to sound a little bit uh, off, maybe, because I got to do it separately because I forgot to do a thing. Uh, But that's all that I have to tell you for today. So what we're going to do now is uh, it's in my inbox. I've not listened to it yet as I'm recording this part. Probably should have. We're going to turn it over to the captain. And I hope that he, uh, well, I know he doesn't have great news because the Flyers, I don't think they've won since his last update. But I do know, at least I'm uh, I'm almost certain, that he's going to bring the positive vibes anyway. And so uh, we will turn it over. Good sir, the floor is yours. Take it away. Hey, hey, Flyers fans. Mark back at you again with another Flyers. Yes, that was on purpose. The Flyers have been woo. It has been a tough stretch. Seven straight losses for the Flyers. But, 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 the Flyers faithful will remain steadfast. We will remain strong and we will hold the line because that is what Philly's all about. So, guys, let's take a look at what has transpired so the Flyers ended up losing at home on Friday, 6-3 to versus the Hurricanes. Hurricanes, as I've said before, a great team this season. It was tough to see, but we shall prevail eventually. And the Flyers followed it up with a 5-2 loss in New Jersey against the Devils on Sunday. For better or for worse, the Flyers could not play the Islanders. The game got postponed. There was a huge outbreak of COVID-19 with the Islanders team, so they postponed that game. So who knows? Could have been a get-right game, but we will never know. The Flyers will play them later in the season. Then they followed it up on Wednesday with a 4-1 loss in New York against the Rangers. The Flyers are going to take on the Lightning at home on Sunday, following it up against the Avalanche on Monday night. Two back-to-back home games. I feel like you got to get right here. You're playing two excellent teams. You have to put it forward. You have to get your all. Morgan Frost actually scored a goal last game. It was nice to see the only goal of the game against the Rangers. The Flyers are trying to pick up the pace. They just need the offense. If the offense can start clicking, if the power play can start hitting, I feel like they can make it happen. So there's a lot of good things happening here. The Flyers are going to take on the Devils, a revenge game next Wednesday. They're going back to New Jersey. So I feel like there's a lot of revenge games coming up. The Flyers are mad. They're angry. They do not like being disappointed, especially at home with their own fans in the stands. So, guys, I'm excited for this. They're going to break this streak. I'm calling it right now. They are going to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning Sunday. They're going to make it happen. You heard it here, folks. Put your bets in to whatever your favorite sports book is. Make it rain with that cash money. Yeah. All right, guys. That's it for me here inside the Melting Pad on Next Level Radio. Thank you, my friend. We appreciate all of your hard work. And uh, happy birthday. The captain's celebrating his birthday tomorrow if you listen on the day this comes out. So uh, send your good uh, your good wishes over his way. And again, thank you for all your hard work. Good sir, even when uh, the team doesn't seem to work as hard as you do. I mean, is that mean? 
I don't know. Anyway, uh, oh, quick update on uh, on the baseball. We do know the owners voted unanimously to lock out the players, so I don't know what that means for the Hall of Fame, but um, I'll just say that I hope that this gets resolved before we start missing games, because that's not what we want. That's what the commissioner oh, this is going to be great. We're not going to miss games. I hope, listen, you know, my feelings on the commissioner's side, I hope this gets worked out. I hope that we get baseball. Otherwise, how am I going to teach my son about disappointment? Right? No? All right. Anyway, so yeah, we are uh, we are locked out, but my ballot is still on the show notes. If you want to uh, disagree and make fun of me for my picks or make your own, I invite you to do that. Let me know. TheMeltingPat.com for all of my stuff. TheNextLevelNetwork.com for all of our stuff. My thanks to the captain. My thanks to everybody who weighed in on the question. My thanks to Familiar Things. Their song, Wish You Well, get it on Bandcamp, stream it on the old Spotify, and uh, go follow them on the places, right? All right, awesome. Um, anybody else I got to thank before we go? No, I think we're good. Uh, <laughs> G-Love and Special Sauce with Cold Beverage. They're going to play us out as they always do. Philadelphonic.com for more from them. That is all, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. This has been an 8 Boiling production. So until next time, have fun. Be safe. Thank a veteran. Wear your mask, wash your hands, get vaccinated and boosted when you can. And uh, yeah, you know the drill. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. You've been inside the Melting Pat on the Next Level Network. Go crap open a cold one. Yo, could I get a cold beverage? I need some leverage. A sweaty ass as a lemonade will be nice. Stop a fight from the job to a BK. Got a vodka, a drink, but girls got the bait on the front board. I got some ice If you like a taste of tea, then come along with me. Summertime is steaming, don't give me no bugs. Glass some ice and a dash of a mess. It's my teeny time. Yeah, yeah, feeling gold. And bring your own beverage. It's me, so it's cold. I like cold beverage, yeah. I like cold beverage, yeah. Please fix me a large slice. Summertime is cool, the heat is getting old. Yeah, I have a beverage, sweet, so it's cold. Cold, 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 cold. He's something from the bar. Yeah, I like cold beverage, yeah. I like cold beverage, yeah. I like cold beverage, yeah. Cause I'm feeling kind of party. Stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge. Stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge. And the friend Go girl work the cold one Go girl work the cold one What? Go girl work the cold one Go girl work the cold one Yo, when I'm fishing Let's keep one thing clear The bait's over there The brew's right here Two six-packs in a big bag of ice Didn't even get a bite But the brew tastes nice Back to the ball So every decoration of colada Need a whole lot of them full drinks They got me a buzz I must tell you I'm the Kool-Aid kid When you serve my drink Please stick it in the fridge Cause I like cool beverage yeah. I like cool beverage yeah. I like cool beverage yeah. Uh-huh I'm kinda thirsty yeah. I like cool beverage yeah.